You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. In this year's presidential election, we have seen a political outsider willing to slight his own party's leaders, attracting a large block of loyal voters who are attracting his who are attracted to his off-kilter style. This is a unique political moment for the country as a whole. But here in Michigan, we've seen something like this before, according to Detroit News columnist Neil Rubin. In 1998, attorney Jeffrey Figer won the Democratic nomination for governor, much to the chagrin of state Democratic Party leaders. He went on to lose badly to incumbent Governor John Engler. Neil Rubin's column compares the phenomenon of Donald Trump to that of Jeffrey Figer back in 1998. Neil Rubin joins me now to talk about uh, this comparison. Neil, welcome to Detroit Today. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Yeah. I, I thought this was such an interesting column over the weekend. I mean, and and you sort of frame it in the context of, hey, there might be something about this presidential contest that just seems familiar, eerily familiar to Michiganders, but they might not immediately jump to what it is that it's reminding us of, maybe because this was 18 years ago, a uh, long time, lots of uh, elections since then. But but. The, the, the comparison between the sort of quirkiness of Jeffrey Figer, that sort of anti-establishment streak that he had, the anger that the establishment party expressed when he decided to run and then got the nomination, all of those things are just such direct parallels to what we're seeing now. It's, it's sort of surprising to me that no one else, including myself, has thought of this un- until now. Well, I was grateful you didn't, because <laughs> I would have written about it. <laughs> about it for a week or two before I finally called Jeff, and I'd have been a little testy with myself if someone else had written it first. Yeah, I mean, uh, so so talk about uh, what what this this comparison really sort of boils down to. Is it just about outsiders pushing back, or is 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 there more to that that similarity between these two characters? Well, outsiders pushing back. Uh, party insiders being horrified, but even more than that, it's the nature of the campaign. We've seen almost nobody like on a national level like Donald Trump, whose campaign seems to be based on insulting lots of other people. And Jeff Figer teed off on John Engler, who was uh, at the time the the two-time incumbent governor, uh, teed off on John Engler like nothing we'd seen in politics around here. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my notes are at work and I'm at home right now, but just the list of insults, uh, and as the campaign went deeper and deeper, just whatever shackles there might have been on Jeffrey Figer came off, and he was just scathing and personal. Yeah. Regarding John Engler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really was this sort of uh, uh, very particular uh, pushback that he was that he was sort of embracing uh, to to the then sitting governor. And uh, I mean, the, the the thing that stands out, I think, more than anything, is how unsuccessful it wound up being. I mean, Jeffrey Figer took a beating in that election. He did. It was. Uh Sixty-eight percent and change to thirty-seven point six percent, I think. Um, and Jeffrey Figer will tell you that it was largely because, somewhat like Donald Trump, he was abandoned 
by the party orthodoxy who were outraged that this outsider had gotten the nomination. The preferred candidate that year was Larry Owen. Right, uh, right. uh, And I believe the primary was 41% for Figer, 37% for Owen, and there was a third candidate also who got the rest. Um, But... Uh, Figer still believes he could have done a lot better had he been had he gotten support from the party, but clearly seeing that support uh, not on the horizon, he started teeing off on the party regulars even during the primary. Well, it helped him somewhat during the primary because you know people love a rebel, but. Once he stood there with the nomination in his hand, he had no organization, he had no help, and, you know, realistically, he had no hope. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Neil Rubin. He's a reporter at the Detroit News. He wrote a column over the weekend comparing the phenomenon of Donald Trump and this year's presidential election, this outsider who has one of the major party nominations for president, to Jeffrey Figer running for governor here in Michigan in 1998. He got the Democratic nomination for governor, much to the chagrin of party establishment folks. And and went on to run a very similar kind of campaign to what we're seeing from Donald Trump, really attacking Governor John Angler, uh, attacking all, uh, people in the Democratic Party uh, as a way to sort of firm up support for him. Uh, give us a call if you want to join the conversation. Have you noticed this similarity? Have you thought about this similarity as the campaign has unfolded here in Michigan? Have you thought about that Figer run in 1998? And do you see similarities between a personality like Jeffrey Figer and a personality like Donald Trump? 313-577-1019 is the number. 313-577-1019. Neil, I want to talk about personalities here. Uh, Jeffrey Figer is somebody who's very familiar to us in the media here in in Michigan. He's been around a long time, done a lot of different things, cropped up in a lot of different sort of spaces. Uh, And he's, I think, anyone who's talked with Jeff or met him can, can, I think, fairly describe him as really quirky. I mean, he's a, he's a, uh, I think, a quite intelligent guy, uh, very good trial lawyer, but just a really odd personality in a lot of in a lot of ways and and that quirkiness i think showed really brilliantly in that uh in that gubernatorial election that uh, he just was not your run-of-the-mill uh, uh just person that you would know and when i say quirky i'm not i'm not casting aspersion here i'm just saying he's a different kind of personality i think that's one of the things that he may also have in common with Donald Trump, who I don't know, uh, but I, I, I think that uh, w- when you read media accounts of him and people who know him, they also describe him as this have, having these kinds of personality quirks, quirks uh, being really different from just uh, other politicians that you would meet, but also just uh, other people that you would meet. Uh, is that part of the, the thing that reminds us here of, uh, of Jeff? Oh, absolutely. And uh, Jeff can be unfiltered. There are other times where he can seem unfiltered when he knows exactly what he's doing. Sure. Um, and one significant difference between the two is that for as bombastic and outrageous as Jeffrey Figer can be, he really has made a career out of 
standing up for the little guy. And he's done it, of course, sometimes in very lucrative ways. I mean, he's won gazillion-dollar lawsuits all over the place. But, uh, you know, you would not see Jeffrey Figer, and granted, he's very much left-leaning, but you would not see Jeffrey Figer attacking, you know, immigrants, for instance, sure. or, uh, you know, lumping, you know, Jeffrey would not want to build a wall. Let's put it that way. He'd be more sensible than that, uh, more realistic than that, and uh, and just more sympathetic than that. I think he's, as he as he points out, I think he's uh, he's got a greater grasp of nuance. For all the bombast, he has a much greater grasp of nuance yeah, than yeah. Donald Trump seems to as a candidate. Yeah. No. I mean, there's no question. I mean, as I said, this is a really this is a really deeply intelligent. Uh, man, uh, and and one heck of a trial or by by anybody's measure. Uh, again, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. I'm talking with Neil Rubin, a reporter at the Detroit News, wrote a column this weekend comparing uh, Donald Trump's run for the presidency to uh, Jeffrey Figer's run for the governor uh, governor's post here in Michigan in the late 1990s. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Also. Uh, uh, chime in if you think that Trump can make some headway with folks here in Michigan with the speech he's going to give today at the Economic Club. I am headed after uh, the show today over to Cobo Hall to hear Donald Trump uh, speak. It's supposed to be a pretty major policy speech is how it's been billed. Of course, we've heard that before. And then he gets up there and says all kinds of other things. Uh, who knows what he'll say here in Detroit. But do you feel like this is an opportunity for him to really make his case to folks here, especially about things like trade and jobs, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Let's go to Richard in Huntington Woods. Richard, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. I saw Neil's column yesterday. It was good. I thought the same for several months, especially leading up to the primaries. Remembering back to those days, in some ways the two are cut from the same cloth. But Figer is. Um, it's always been whether it's for pecuniary interests or otherwise. Who's been the champion for the underdog? I think he was That's raised true. that way from that. Yeah. He was a civil rights lawyer. Uh, the two of them have a lot of similar, uh, ostensibly similar skill sets, except that Jeffries is finely tuned and seems to say everything with purpose and for dramatic effect and persuasive effect. Whereas Trump really is not just unfiltered, but he's unhinged, and he kind of just says whatever he happens to be thinking. <laughs> what yeah. I found interesting, though, in Neil's article is the statement from Trump, I mean, from Spiger, which was very Trump-like, the, the pomposity and the sort of delusions of grandeur that he could get Trump elected. Yeah. If, he, if Trump would just listen, listen to him, which is about <laughs> as absurd as anything anyone can say, given Jeffrey's track record, uh, I would imagine Trump would probably come in a similar split of 60 to 40. Uh, Jeffrey can do a lot of good things. He could not get Trump elected. No, of course, would, tr would he try? <laughs> but the absurdity of saying something like that is a, is a glimpse into the mindset of Feiger. Yeah, I think Jeff was, uh, I think Jeff Feiger was sort of broadly making a point there of the things, about the things that Trump needs to do that so far he's been completely unable to do. It just doesn't seem to be in his character to show any sort of vulnerability or humility. 
not that those are things we see from Jeffrey Figer in in any great measure. But Richard, one thing you mentioned was uh, was how Jeffrey Figer is very good at doing seemingly doing things for dramatic effect. And in fact, he was a theater major in college. Maybe that should be the stepping stone to law school because it certainly served him well. It did. That's right. It did a really good thing for him. Richard, thanks very much uh, for your call. Uh, let's go to KC and Warren. KC and Warren, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning to a couple of Detroit classic icons. How are you? <laughs> Look at that. Neil's fans calling the show now. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, KC. You know, and I, I got to be honest, I haven't really read the uh, uh, Neil article, but uh, one thing I think uh, have in common, uh, Trump and Figer, and I was around <laughs> long enough to remember the Figer campaign, uh, but it's uh, Jeff got uh, kind of accused of judge shopping uh, in a few cases, and I think that's kind of what Trump did with his uh, Mexican judge slur uh, against the, the case against the Trump University. So in that sense, they're, they're both kind of lawyers that have uh, a propensity to, to get the judge they want to get. That's an interesting comparison, Casey. Uh, I think I think uh, anyone who deals with the law would say there's that's not an uncommon trait among <laughs> among lawyers, right? You want to get the right judge, uh, and you want to get your case in front of the right judge. So. Uh, that, that is a, an interesting observation, though. Thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Rob in Troy. Rob, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. How are you today? Good. How are you, Rob? Excellent. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about uh, Donald Trump's speech today, whatever he's going to say. Uh-huh. Um, we've had a solid year to get to know every facet of this guy's personality and his, and his thought process, whatever it might be. And to think that he's going to turn around uh, that impression uh, in in a single speech or even in the next 90 days is really kind of hard for me to fathom. I'd just like to kind of see what you think about that. Yeah. Uh, Neil, go ahead. Uh, uh, thanks very much for the call. Um, unfortunately, my phone glitched out, and I missed the key part of the question. <laughs> uh, he's asking about the speech today and this sort of opportunity that Trump has uh, to to maybe make the case to Detroit voters is there something about that personality that 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 may connect there? Yeah, it'll be in his case the delivery is almost as important as the message. Can he stay on point even when he's done teleprompter type speeches before? He hasn't been able to help himself yeah. from just sort of veering off and and watching him. It's sort of like he gets distracted by a shiny object, um, which has not helped him seem like a serious, substantive candidate. But as Rob said, it's, you know, he's at the point in the campaign where I think he needs to show people that, you know, he has paid attention. He does know how government works. Um, I've gotten a lot of mileage out of a punchline that he's the first major party candidate that I can remember whose knowledge of government would be improved by watching the uh, I Am a Bill episode of Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This is how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is, some, there is something about that seriousness that uh, is, is still missing. Peggy Noonan uh, 
at the Wall Street Journal, certainly no liberal, uh, wrote a column recently, I think it was maybe this weekend, maybe last week, about the, the, the disappointment that Trump can't turn that corner, that, uh, that he cannot settle down and engage uh, on the level of seriousness about policy uh, and politics even that, that you might normally see from a presidential candidate. And, and I, you know, I, like I said, we have heard many times before that, that uh, you know, the upcoming speech that he's going to give is, is going to be that turning point. It's going to be a policy speech. He's not going to go off script. He's not going to start attacking people for, you know, uh, bizarre or, or un, unclear reasons. Uh, and then he gets up and it's always, it's always sort of the same. I mean, and, and so I'm very eager to see what happens here in Detroit today. I mean, this is an opportunity. There are serious issues that he has talked about or hinted at in the past that people here care about. And, you know, this is an opportunity to explicate that stuff. Yeah, Figer will tell you that uh, from his viewpoint, it's not necessarily even a matter, a matter of you know intellectual capacity. It's emotional. It's narcissism. He just can't seem to turn the subject away from himself. Um, now, you know, Jeffrey, of course, has a fairly sizable ego on his own, but uh, you know, he seems to think this is this is more than policy. It's inbred personality right. with Donald Trump. Right. Uh, let's go to Connor in Farmington Hills, someone that Neil knows pretty well. <laughs> it's a familiar <laughs> name, certainly. Connor, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, and hi, Dad. Thanks for telling me you were going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neil, I always I always sort of blanch at the idea of my children calling into this show because they figure they're going to say something I don't want <laughs> I don't want them to say. So, so my fingers are crossed for you here. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Connor, go ahead. Well, um, I was just calling to say that I think part of the difference between and granted, I was, you know, a hot three years old in 1998, so I certainly don't remember the campaign. But the difference between Jeffrey Figer and Donald Trump in nuance is that as a lawyer, and especially someone who has to fight in court for people who aren't necessarily the most you know, attractive clients to a jury, uh, Jeffrey Figer's had to own nuance and own rhetorical accuracy in a way that Donald Trump has never had to do in business, especially because in Donald Trump's case, there's never been a time that he wasn't the richest person in the room. <laughs> so, you know, in business, when you're building a golf course or something like that, if you're making a bid, it's about the biggest, baddest bid, not about the best case. Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, uh, Connor, thanks very much uh, uh, for calling. I would agree. Point. Go ahead, Neil. <laughs> That's right. I wonder where he got that from. <laughs> His mom. <laughs> really. right. All right, Connor, uh, thanks very much for the call. Neil Rubin, are you going over to uh, Kobo today to see Trump speak? I am not. No. Uh, I figured we would have a, a fleet of people, Lots of people going headed that right. way, and <laughs> which seemed like a good opportunity for me to write about something else today. Yeah, yeah. No, I am actually... Uh, I'm actually pretty eager to, to, to get over there and, and, and see it, uh, mostly out of curiosity, obviously. I'm not uh, 
particularly thrilled with the campaign of Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't think uh, most people are. So, uh, Neil Rubin, Detroit News columnist, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Thanks Today. for having me. All right. Up next, storyteller Satori Shakur is going to join us in studio to talk about her new WDET podcast. You're not going to want to miss this. This is one of my favorite storytellers around town. Stay with us on Detroit Today.